He's in the mix and definitely won't leave it in the hands of the judges. It's your favorite Lockhead. Broadcasting live. Good afternoon, Blockhead Nation. Thank you for stopping by the show once again. You are, as always, listening to your favorite Blockhead, the only podcast in the podcasting world that can somehow incorporate the Peanuts comic strip one minute and then be talking about MMA and warriors inside the octagon the next. I am your host. My name is Brian Little, and once again, we're pumping the brakes. We're not getting into MMA. We're not getting into Charlie Brown, Snoopy Lyons, and the gang. As much as I want to, as much as I enjoy talking about both those topics and also making sure we always know at the end of the day that God is king, what I will say is we have done a swap cast. I am fresh off going to the track with the burnout and loud and a PA with Russ, and we mixed it up the other night on another great podcast on the burnout. I wanted to make sure that the Blockhead Nation had a chance to listen to that particular episode. So without any further ado and giving an applause to Chris Barnett of The Burnout, here is that particular episode with Chris and myself discussing everything that happened at the NHRA Fall Nationals this last Saturday. Please enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, race fans of all ages, he is here. He is live it is YFB himself, Mr. Brian Little, straight from Toretto's Hot Rod Heaven at the Ennis Texas Motorplex. Brian, what's up, dude? Thanks for joining me. Hey, I have no I there there are no other times that I would not consider opening up a Swift's ginger ale for such a special occasion as this, man. You know how it is. I break out the root beer for the tough days, but you, you might as well call this all elite podcasting, man, because we, we stepped it up a notch, man. I'll tell you. That's right. I felt I felt that race in my spirit, and I felt it in my esophagus in every way. And I think it's good that you and Loud Napina had kept it hush-hush so that I could experience every bit of it firsthand. We definitely did. We didn't spoil anything. We wanted you to feel it completely, just walking into it completely blind. Uh, well, let's get into it. What did you think about it? Just walking in and the ambiance and the presence of the cars, the sights, the smells, the sounds. What did you think as soon as you walked through the gate? I knew as soon as it was over, I'm going to have to take a shower when I get home because the little redhead girl's not going to be in 10 feet of me. But as far as getting inside and kind of feeling the aura, I will tell you, starting off with, I, I felt you know kind of three feet tall because I wasn't familiar with a lot of these these racers and a lot of their teams, but it didn't take me long to catch on and figure out who a few of them were. If I found out quickly who Matt Smith was, started to learn about who John Force and Brittany Force were and what type of aura that they give off. I started seeing the teams that were working on the draggers. And I started figuring out what it meant by pro stock and top alcohol and top fuel. And, you know, I, I came out with a different type of vocabulary I never would have had when, unless I walked in there. But again, Kind of to fast forward, I went ahead and looked at the the finals results the other day, and I wasn't surprised that Greg Anderson pulled out the top spot for Pro Stock. I'm not surprised that Matt Smith took the uh, motorcycle uh, Pro Stock number one position. Um, I, I I thought it was interesting that neither you or Loud and the PNA were very into the top alcohol one, but you were willing to explain it to me. So either way, it was it was it was interesting. 
there were certain spots at the race where I enjoyed it, but also, as you can tell here, my audience is going to be blind when they hear this, but this is evidence across the top of my brow on how much sun we took in literally from that day. And that's, that's just clear. My, my audience have to trust, trust me on this when we play it back. But as far as my favorite spot to stand, there was something special and there was, uh, there was something very um, uplifting about being next to the track on the fence with you guys when we were standing there and we were watching the pro stock take off and we were picking either inside or the far lane and being able to, to see the times, see what the obstacles were that they were facing, to know what it felt like to sit next to them and hear top fuel and to hear the motorcycles take off. But then finally to, to see uh, j- just the crowd's response to it was, it's very hard to describe, but I'll tell you this, when Russ dro- and you dropped me off at the Blockhead Mansion, you asked me an important question. You said this wasn't the last, and I said, absolutely not. So there will come a day, probably a year from now, that I will be joining you for another one of those races. That, that's good. That's really good to hear. We didn't scare you. <laughs> I know there are some concerns no, you, in the household you, 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 about But your you safety. did initiate me. No, but you did initiate me. There was a initiation. I believe that was Josh Hart, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. where we pulled up next. And you didn't even tell me a word. You just said, you got to check this out. Next thing you know, I've got uh, my eyes are watering. I, I'm spitting everything out of my mouth. And, and you know, the, the crowd is starting to disperse a little bit around <laughs> that area. So I wasn't the only one. So I got my hazing out of the way uh, in HRA style that day for sure. Well, I stood in there with you, but Russ, if you didn't see him, he kind of stepped off to the side, to the back side of the holly. So he he, he stepped away from knowing a full well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I did too, but I like it. I, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. And what he's referring to for for you YFB fans is when they warm up the nitro cars. All right, they start them up and they are running super rich. Means a lot of raw fuel which means this huge haze and this huge plume of exhaust. And nitromethane is so thick and heavy, it just engulfs you, and it makes your eyes water, your nose run, it burns your lungs, it, and it has this tinge to its smell, and it just stays with you for days. It, it, in it the moment, like, you almost felt like you were pulling something from the matrix. I mean, you're falling back a little bit. <laughs> you know, there's nobody there to catch you if you fall. It's every man for himself. But, uh, that, but then that was very interesting. I'm, I'm about to ask questions about Josh Hart, and I should have known something was coming. But sure enough, I'm actually glad I experienced it. But all the more reasons why wifey would have to take a shower as soon as he stepped back into the mansion. That was for sure. And what I was kind of disappointed in is they didn't do a throttle wop. And what that is is where they, they wop the throttle and goose it just a little bit. And when they do that and you're so close to it, it just, it rattles your insides and they don't do that anymore. I guess like we, we talked about with some fans in the stands that apparently it, it heats up the clutches too much and they don't want to do that. They used to, I mean, they would, they would wop wop just a few times, you know, but, I mean, what do you think about walking around all the haulers and how close you could actually get to the drivers? Like, I got Angie Smith's autograph, which is really cool. Just walk right up to her, very personable. Had a little quick little conversation, like, how are you running today? How'd you run yesterday? That kind of a thing. What did you think about that, that kind of access? Because you don't get that with fighters. 
you know, you cannot get that with, with professional fighters. Yeah, I would say you're right. Unless you were on a local level, like maybe Legacy Fighting Alliance or something like that, you wouldn't get that on the UFC level. That's very true. Um, but what I will say is, yes, there were plenty of them that were personable. I think there were a lot of them that were just busy as we were walking through, getting ready for their race. So there weren't a whole lot that were out and about. But the ones that were, they were most of, I'd say 90% of them were very uh, approachable. They were very nice. They were very appreciative of their fans. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, there was one of them that, she, the, to be fair, I think she was a little disappointed in her performance, but Russ was interested in seeing her and she took off in her cart. And <laughs> I'm not trying to throw him under the bus here, but Loud Pan is like, I didn't see her. Where's she at? Maybe you, you remember who I'm talking about. I think she was just oh, yeah. disappointed with her overall performance that day. Yeah, that was Alexis DeJoria. Well, they're on a, when they make the run and they come back to the pits, they're on a time limit. I think right now it's 75 minutes to get the car turned around. And so that's got to be, you know, part of her haste. You know, I don't know why she sure. was rushing, but she was she was adamant about people getting out of her way. That's for sure. And poor old Russ, yeah, he, he didn't get a yeah, chance to meet her. That's kind of what I'm hinting at is that it's one of those, hey, they're there. It's kind of one of those, maybe I would have had a better experience with her. But either way, overall, they were still really good group. I think it might have been Antron Brown. There was another one I was very impressed with, with how – approachable he was and just how willing he was to talk to anybody at that time there's another one that I, I guess I'll go ahead and get this out of the way and get all of us in trouble we're sorry to our lovely wives little redheaded girl Miss April Miss Jessica there are not a whole lot of racers out there that are not easy on the eyes and everybody's going to find one you know and it comes down to you guys didn't warn me that Leah Pruitt was going to be like the Wendy Peppercorn of the NHRAs that day because y'all had to kind of go, hey, blockhead, we're, we're heading this way. So mm -hmm. I, I guess I'll get in a little bit of trouble on, on the back end of that one. But I, I, she performed pretty well, too, last time I checked. Yeah. And she's a hell of a race car driver. You know, in my Lady Racer episode, I don't know if it came through enough, but these women in, in NHRA and drag racing in general, not just NHRA, but all the other different you know, sanctioning bodies of drag racing, the women actually are not disadvantaged. You know, there's really no disadvantage sure. to being a female. And it's all about skill. You know, it's, you don't get roughed up on the, you know, in the corners. Cause there is none. You go straight, you know, uh, Danica Pat Patrick would always get raced differently. Well, here in drag racing, there is no difference like that you line up sure, and you run yeah. and they are they are awesome they are kicking butt and taking names you know Brittany force has a championship erica enders has four championships so right angel sampay she's in the conversation this year riding pro stock bike so and i wish we had a chance to meet her you know along a whole group of of riders and I really wish I would have sucked up my guts just a little bit and gone to talk to her because I really wanted to, but I was like, ah, I'm still apprehensive about that kind of stuff. You know, I'm still kind of starstruck and start sounding like a bumbling idiot whenever I talk to anybody. So that's my fault. That's fair enough. Hey, you know, while I'm on that one, I actually did have a question for you that I never asked and I didn't think about it until after the fact, you know, cause I'm just kind of taking everything in when I started watching the drag races and actually, no, I think it was everything. I think it was the pro stop and it was the drag races. 
a lot of the times when they would pull forward, I noticed something about that the drivers, some of them would actually open the driver's side car and pull in reverse, and some wouldn't. Is there some reason why when they're pulling in reverse that there is it a preference or is it essential for them to open that driver's side car as they're getting set up for uh, for the race? Yeah, like the door on the pro stock car? Yes. That your, okay, it's just letting the tire smoke out. That's all it is. Fair enough. Yeah. While they're in the burnout, you know, kind of, yeah. it kind of applies to your podcast, but I just noticed <laughs> right. some of them didn't do that at all, but that there's a, I'd say 80% of them did. So I'm just like, is yeah. there a preference? Yeah, they'll, did, they'll swing that- the door open and get some of the smoke out if they did too smoky of a burnout or, you know, if there's a lot of smoke in the, in the cockpit and a funny car, they'll pop the hatch open at the top of the roof as yes. they're backing up. I saw that one. And then, of course, when they get ready and they'll tune the cars and they'll pull the throttle stop out on the funny cars and the dragsters and they'll tune them just a little bit, make final adjustments with the hood or the body up and they'll lock it down and they go. But yeah, that was pretty evident when we watched the funny car. That's true. What was your first take whenever the top fuel, when we got there, top alcohol was running? And I was kind of explaining to you the difference between top fuel and top alcohol. And top alcohol is no joke. But then we got to top fuel. What was your first take when you saw the first side-by-side 22,000 horsepower pass? I felt it in my spirit, and I felt it in my esophagus. There is just no explaining the jolt that you get when both of those are simultaneously there, even with wearing earplugs. Now, I'll say this. Apparently, there was somebody at the track that was notorious for stealing earplugs, if you weren't careful about them, then they just snatch them away. Somehow I got to hold on to mine all day, but how many did you go through? At least three of them. Two pair. Two pair. Fair. Touche. In either way, it's one of those, I think even with earplugs, it, it doesn't really matter where you're sitting, uh, but, you know, the closer you are, the more impact there's going to be. But, man, there's, a, there's a, just a different experience with that one to be able to see that. And it's one of those, even if I try to pick one – I feel like it's still a coin toss until they actually get to the finish line at that point. So, but really good performances from everybody. And again, like when it comes to pro stock, Greg Anderson doesn't surprise me when it comes to the results for uh, pro stock bicycle, I'm sorry, motorcycling, (laughs) but Matt Smith Smith doesn't surprise me at all. But a lot of these on top alcohol and top fuel, I'm still trying to figure them out and try to see where they stand moving forward at this point. But there's a lot of names out there that are very evident. But um, just just from staying there, that's a different type of experience. And uh, it's kind of addicting, to be honest. It is. And the more you follow it, the more you'll – I feel like you'll fall in love with it even more uh, and want to go to more and more and more. Uh, like this weekend, they're having uh, no prep kings from Street Outlaws, you know, at, at the Motorplex. And there's just – there's just something about that just draws me to it and draws, I know it draws Russ to it. And I was kind of hoping that you went, you would go in with an open mind, you know, not be so close minded, like, well, this is boring. This is, this isn't, what's the point of this? You know, that's what I was, I was so happy to see because we've had people before just go in so close minded and just waste, you know, almost a hundred dollars. So I'm glad that you enjoyed it and and got to experience it. And I was able to explain some things to you. Fair enough. 
Yeah, I mean, believe me, I, it's one of those, like I said, I'm, I'm very much behind the eight ball when it comes to you and Russ. But part of that's just simply from how long you followed it and how much y'all have yeah. loved the sport for so long. And it's just one of those, I kind of knew going in as a novice that I need to be open-minded to this. This isn't something that is just going to, I, again, there's going to be different experiences from meeting the, the drivers, you know, seeing the teams as they work, you know, dealing with the weather because we are three big guys out there in the sweltering sun, which even though we did have a nice breeze by, by mid-afternoon, we were still cooking out there. And so we had to, we were all looking for shelter, running for shade in between that. And, you know, bottles of water are expensive. So imagine how pricey the food is. But, you know, again, I'm actually glad that we stood from different spots and tried different angles because when we found that one uh, next to the track, or it seemed like I found my sweet spot. It seemed like this is where I would want to experience these races uh, as often as possible was from right here at the front of the track next to the right next to the light. See me, I'm not a starting line fan. I like where we were sitting first, the 330 mark. When you sit up in the middle of the stands and you're at the 330 mark, you can see the tree, you can see the starting line, and then you can see them pass by you and then all the way down to the finish line, all the way to the beginning of the track, you know, the yeah, timing lights true. and all that stuff. When you're when you're up against the fence, especially where we were, there's so many people, you couldn't really see the the scoreboard the you know and the timing lights and and all that kind of stuff you did get the the impact don't get me wrong you got the impact big time right there on the line that's what sold me i think i think it's good that we went there first that we did sit up in the stands and then dispersed and then went over there towards the end maybe that's yeah. maybe that was a good move on on both of our ends but either way they they have their different appeal but uh, as far as how I'm, I'm i'm glad i ended the night being there at the starting line Blockhead Nation, thank you once again for tuning into this episode of the Your Favorite Blockhead Podcast. This show is sponsored by KitCaster. Guys, did you know that having a podcast is a great way to grow not only your personal brand, but your business? Here's the secret. We all want to feel connected to brands we buy from. And what better way to humanize a brand than through sharing your story on a podcast? That's where KitCaster comes in. KitCaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connections through podcast appearances. Whether you're an expert in the field or you just have a unique story to share, it's time to explore the world of podcasting with KitCaster. Go to the link at kitcaster.com blockhead to apply for a special offer for listeners of this show. That's kitcaster.com slash blockhead. You'll find that in the blog, the notes for today's show. Let's get back to the episode. Well, I mean, what's next for you? We've, we've taken you to the nationals. Where would you like to go? Like what? Like I'm trying to break you into to racing. All right. And where would you like to go? Quite frankly, to be honest with you, I think it's time for me to experience my first Monster Jam. Well, you can uh, go Saturday. <laughs> yeah, on short notice, that might be a little bit hard to, hard to pull out. Either way, it's one of those, now that you've got me into one aspect of it, you have my attention in some of the other realms that you've got. So 
I should definitely go check out, you know, Grave Digger or somebody of that of that nature. And then eventually, if I'm lucky, maybe catch some type of a motocross of some sort. You know, and I'm trying to dabble into different pools here. So I'm not wanting to stop with just drag racing. It's just one of those down the road, we'll have to figure out what is, you know, what is appropriate and what's what's available. So believe me, YFB is not closed-minded. I'm ready. But as far as can I do every single thing immediately, well, that's that's a different story. But just know that I'm I'm ready to hear some schedules and see what's uh what's coming down the pike. Well, Monster Jam is this weekend, October 16th. I'm going to it. I'm taking the wife and the two girls. Um, so they'll they'll have fun, even though the youngest is like, I don't I'm going, but I'm not gonna watch. I'm like, how they're 12,000 pound trucks. How are you not going to watch? But, you know, okay. So that's what I'm fighting. But February now, if we, we can think that far ahead, February Monster Jam's coming back to AT&T Stadium. So it could be a possibility. So Supercross, by the way, the weekend after. Either one of those, you definitely have my attention. I have never, you know, I've never been to a Supercross. Never. Well, for YFB, there was a first time for everything. I got to go to my first NHL Fall Nationals. So why can't the YFB Network invade the first ever uh, three-way Supercross? Yeah. It's, it's possible. You heard it on here first, people. But also that means that all these guys have something they have to prepare for beforehand. Just know, eventually we will invade the Supercross, but we are still working on our Winter Spectacular, the YFB Network on ice. It's going to happen. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it with that. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it there. Just leave it there. I hope you enjoyed the mental picture blocking nature. <laughs> well, uh, I'll look like Charlie Brown when Lucy pulls the football out. I don't, I don't know. know how you're going to keep him shiny side up. Out there no. On him skates, no. No, shiny side up is not going to be a thing if I'm on ice. <laughs> It'll look, look more like the guys on Cool Ryan's falling all over the place. Stop yes. touching me. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Uh, well, was there anything that you thought that, like, you saw that you didn't quite understand and forgot to ask or anything like that that I could kind of halfway clear up? I'm sure something will come up down the road that I'm and, and a lot of it has to do with the intricacies of just maintaining the car. So I think that's part of it is one of those. If you're not an auto mechanic like myself, there might be some vernacular that you guys understand that I might have to go, OK, what's the problem here? You know, because also I would know when you hear the engines blow up, they got to do cleanup on the track. And that that's going to take more time versus if everything goes smoothly according to plan. There's no such thing as a perfect plan. So. There's a there's things like that that have to be taken into consideration, but I, I think one thing I thought was was interesting and not annoying, but I didn't really understand why is it just because you guys weren't following, buddy? It seemed like neither of you were interested in the results for top alcohol. Was it just because there's nobody that you wanted to follow on there? Was it just that you're ready to call it a night? Was there something about top alcohol where it doesn't really hold you guys' attention as much? What is it about top alcohol? Top alcohol isn't really 
the show. The show is what we go for is the pro stocks, the cars, the bikes, funny car and top. Yeah, fuel. Sure. Those are the big boys. That's the camping world drag racing series. Then yeah, yeah. the top alcohol is the uh, Lucas oil drag racing series. The it's kind of like, uh, yeah, cup series. Now that I see that, yeah, it's kind of like cup series and Xfinity series and truck series, you know, in, in the NASCAR realm. This kind of yeah. the same way. The, the Camping World Drag Racing Series is the elite of the elite, the top, the big, big boys. You know, my dad would always say, We're going to go see the big boys run. Well, that's that's the Camping World Drag Racing Series. That's the top fuel, the funny car, pro stock, pro stock bike. Yeah, that's 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 clicking for me now. I see how that works because I remember seeing the the Lucas Oil segments that are out there. So it, it's starting to come together for me. Uh, yeah. It's just kind of one of those. I seem it seemed like they would be a spectacle, but not so much the competitive side. But they are, uh, and they're they've had some you know accidents and stuff that makes it really cool. And there's there's intricacies about the cars that make it really cool. Like I was explaining to you how. Some of them are supercharged on alcohol and some of them are naturally aspirated with nitromethane, you know, and the supercharged cars will rev it up real high at the, you know, at the start and the nitro cars, they release a clutch and they're lugging and they're popping and banging, you know, oh, and yeah. that's, that's the differences. And then when they take off, they sound completely different. Right. The supercharged cars are yeah. really higher pitched and the nitro cars are lower tones. So I forgot to mention something else here that I did appreciate. And this shouldn't surprise you as, as your friend, also knowing a guy who's a history teacher by day, podcaster by weekend. I appreciated that they gave us a quick little history lesson in NHRA about something that we're, we're glad didn't happen to anybody, but the history of the blowover. I, <laughs> I found that fascinating to see how that the ages of the eighties and the nineties, that was an era for that to happen quite often. And that didn't happen to anybody on the track, thank goodness, even though, you know, who wasn't who wouldn't want to watch a, a crash out at the track. But at the same time, you know, that's a very dangerous position for any rider to be in, no matter how good you are. So I appreciated the quick history of the blowover. And I can't remember the name of that driver that they were talking about. I think it was 1992. But um, I did appreciate getting that, another taste of what uh, racing has has faced in the past. Right. Uh, I think last year, Leah Pruitt had kind of of a blowover. Uh, her car bowed up in the middle, and when it did, it caught air underneath it and kind of split the car in half, and then she blew oh, wow. over that way. I think it was last year. Wow. It might have been 19. But she had something similar to that happen. Um, they Crashes aren't really a thing you go to a drag strip for just because of the speed and severity. NASCAR... A lot of people watch NASCAR for crashes. That's kind of a thing, I guess. Uh, my dad's one of them. He he likes to watch. He'll go to the dirt tracks to see see crashes, you know. But seeing crashes on a drag strip, that's kind of a that's a big deal, really. Um, just because of the speed and the fire and the, I think. I know April and I were there. I think Russell was there too. We saw John Forrest get care flighted out one year um that was a pretty big deal oh wow john force had a blowover no he didn't have a blowover as much of an explosion oh wow yeah the fuel cars they're so volatile 
the top fuel cars, the funny cars and the dragsters, they're so volatile. They'll just explode. Just think of the spatial challenger, just one little 50 cent piece. And yeah, you know, and it'll, it looks just like that when, when a top fuel, I didn't think of that to this day, but well, I didn't mean it it creates an image. (laughs) I know. Yeah. But it just, you'll be watching it. It does create an image. Yeah. Well, what I was trying to get to is you'll just be watching it go, and then all of a sudden, boom, it, it just disintegrates, you know. And I know that's such a horrible analogy, but in reality, that's what it looks like. So, hey, got to speak real on it. But, you know, it, again, we didn't experience anything like that, but it kind of, no, no, thank it, God. Was just, it was kind of nice for me to, to get that extra, you know, right. piece of education along the way. So, yeah, I'll, when it comes to the three E's, buddy, I was entertained. I, I felt very educated walking out of there and craving more, um, just not just not within a week's time. You know, that's just because, you know, I've got to get some condition conditioned up to it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, also, it was really cool to see how afterwards that you and uh, Loud and the PNA had put their messages out on as what he calls it the book of face and said that they couldn't y'all couldn't have chosen two better dudes to go spend the afternoon in the track with and believe me man it means a lot hearing that from both you guys so i enjoyed myself i'm definitely looking forward to the next one and i'm glad that you felt like yfb was not a waste of your time oh not at all not at all not i liked it it was seeing your reaction was like watching one of my kids on christmas it was cool it was really cool to see. I was like, okay, we brought the right guy to the track. That's for sure. I was like, I'm so happy. I really am. I was, I was so thrilled with your reaction and, and how you took everything in and there's no bitching and complaining and, <laughs> you know, we'll just put it out there. No, it's like, I knew what I was getting myself into an entire day. So in my mind, it's, be ready from sun up until sundown, buddy. And the fact that we left a little earlier kind of kind of caught me off guard. I was like, man, I thought we were going to be going until it was real dark, which, and again, I'm not complaining. I, just, my, I was in that mindset. I'm like, but also I followed your lead. You know, Russ knew when, when it was the time to get up and go get some water, also to go look for shade, or if we have to, you know, <laughs> go and go relieve ourselves. <laughs> you know, there's still that aspect of it too. So I just kind of followed y'all's lead on that, knowing you knew the terrain. And uh, just jumped in where I could. But, yes, it's one of those – for our first one, that was a pretty dang good experience. And uh, I do look forward to the next one. But I think it's one of those, why not branch out in some of your other worlds and get some more education down the road? And that's why I think Supercross or Monster Jam would be a great idea. I would prefer Monster Jam over Supercross. Supercross, to me, is a lot better on TV than it is to see it live. Just that way you can get the storylines, the what's going on. You know, at least watch a few on on TV and you'll – I'd say what, this January, like I did this past January, I will run first quarter uh, Monster Jam and uh, Supercross on my podcast just because there's not a whole lot going on in the NASCAR world and all that kind of stuff. So I want to get content out there, and I love watching Supercross and, of course, Monster Jam, Monster Trucks, that's that's – my thing since I was knee high to a grasshopper. So throw that out there too. There you have it, man. I think it's about time we wrap this little shindig up. I appreciate you coming on. 
And I was really hoping we could get the other party involved, but sometimes a man's got to eat. Yes, he does. Exactly. So whenever he does jump on, he'll have plenty to say about it. And it was a great experience once again. And, uh, you know, give my best to Loud PNA when he comes on for the next segment. So this is this is going to be a lot long podcast when you put it out. But in either way, um, I'm excited about hearing this one all the way through, buddy. So let's let's go hit up this guy's podcast. You know, as as a friend, as the creator of the YFB Network, you guys know how it works. Go check out the burnout on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, rate, review, and subscribe to everything he's got. Go give a donation to the Kofi page because I'm personally going to do that myself. I'll probably have to give more than I have bargained for at the end of December. But either way, I still ask you to support this man because I love his podcast. I love his heart. I love his passion for the racing world. And when you join me back next Saturday on my show, whoever's listening, Blockhead Nation, we'll pick up where we left off in the MMA world. But uh, Chris and Russ, I thank you both. This was a good time. And I'll join you again on this show anytime you want, buddy. All right, man. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you down the road.